Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. It can either get weird, right, like all those other guys, or it can be like very simple at the end where you just invite somebody to church. You don't have to be weird. You don't have to be strange. You just make it normal and uh, just invite someone. And sure enough, what happens? Jesus gets a hold of their heart, and uh, we see what, what happens. And, and I'm excited about this entire series because I believe this entire series, this summer series, uh, parables, parables of Jesus, are cool little stories that will relate to every circumstance and situation of life. And, and I think this, this summer will be a time where we can have a great time, fun, enjoyable. Church is fun, right? I hope that's the case. And, uh, and it doesn't have to be weird like some of those guys up there. And uh, it, it can just be a, a great time. It can also include food. Yes. And I'm very, very excited about that. Try tipping chicken. And uh, this, this, as soon as we're done, I'm going to ask all of you guys to leave out this way because we're going to have a a brief, very brief ribbon cutting to just acknowledge the fact that we're able to have a brand new patio and uh, experience that. uh, I wanted to share something with you about the patio. We've almost reached our goal. We're at $19,000 that has been contributed to help us finish out there. We have a little wall to build and then um, finish the landscaping. But I wanted to share this little thing with you um, that I got this week. I, I walked into my office and on my desk was an envelope. And on, in this envelope was some money and this little note. And it said, Dear Pastor Ricardo, here is $117 for the church. I would rather give it to the church than spend it on something that I can get some other way. Hope this brings you good quality. <laughs> God bless a 10-year-old. Ten-year-old little boy, they were talking at their dinner table, and uh, he learned that the church was trying to raise some funds to finish the patio out there, and he wanted to give the money he had. $117 to a ten-year-old? Oh my goodness, that's crazy. And you know, we talk about the big dollars, we talk about you know, things when, when people give big, and that's awesome, and it's wonderful, and, and it, definitely those funds are needed, but it's when the, the faith of a child steps in and makes a contribution and it makes a change and i hope that just motivates us all we're six thousand dollars short of our goal so if you want to uh follow the lead of a 10 year old i encourage you to do so just write on it on an offering envelope patio and it will go right to the patio and we'll finish all that up and get it done but we're opening it today and we're going to have a great time out there and i'm very very excited about that so um we're going to have the best summer ever together the whole meaning of this statement is the together part, and that's why we're having 10 o'clock services all summer long. We'll go back to two o'clock or two services in the fall, but 10 o'clock services all summer long, and we're just going to be together like this, having a good time, celebrating what God's doing, and uh, allowing God to move in our hearts. Uh, another thing I wanted to encourage you about is to start praying about groups, journey groups. We haven't had groups yet, and we're going to start them in the fall, 
and, and that's why we're encouraging anybody who's interested to lead a group, uh, let us know so that we can start the training in August. We're going to start that training first week in August, and, and we're going to have a great time just helping all the group leaders understand what that means. But groups are valuable to church. They create community. They allow for growth. Anytime we get together, we grow together, and then we serve together. Every group at Journey will serve. One of the parts of being a group at Journey Church is that you serve the community. So every group will have a, a serve opportunity every season of groups. And so I'm very, very excited about that, and I know God's going to do some really, really cool things in our groups. So if you're interested in being a group leader, please go online, fill out the form, and we will um, connect with you and make sure you're part of the training that we start in August. Well, this whole series is going to be about the parables of Jesus. And when he told stories, he, he did something significant in, um, <clears throat> in telling stories. And the, the one thing that he wanted us to have was a kingdom perspective. In most of the parables that you read about, he's, he, will, he will start a parable like, the kingdom of heaven is like. He will say the kingdom of heaven is like. And so one of the things that Jesus wanted the people that he was communicating to to know is what is the heavenly perspective or what is God's perspective on life? And I think that's so important to understand that if we don't have the right perspective, we can never have the right result. Amen? Any, anybody here? Okay. All right, we can never have the right result. And so the big thought for this series is simply this. Jesus desired to paint a picture of the way heaven works by telling parables. It's our role to have tender hearts, open eyes, and listening ears to understand what Jesus wants us to know about heaven, how heaven works while we live on this earth. So we can experience this taste of heaven. I like what one church used to say about itself, that the, the church was where heaven and earth came together. And I think that's a cool perspective because we should have this perspective from heaven of how God looks at life. And when we get that perspective, we can live life to its fullest. We can live life to our, our fullest potential, and when we get there, it's awesome. And so today, we're going to talk about what is called the parable of the sower. Now, I think it should be titled, not the sower, but the parable of the soil. And, I'll, and you'll see why in just a minute. But the, the main thought of this particular uh, passage of Scripture is simply this. Jesus described the hearts of people who are hard, shallow, distracted, or fruitful. He, he describes four different people. The people who are hard in their hearts, that are shallow in their hearts, that are distracted in their lives, or that are fruitful in their lives. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be the first three. I don't want to be the hard-hearted guy. I don't want to be the shallow-hearted guy. I don't want to be the distracted person, which I'm easily distracted. I'm, I'm like the typical squirrel guy. If you're talking to me for any length of time, let's say you t if you talk to me for like three minutes or more, my, my family will tell you this, um, you'll see me kind of wander off, especially if there's something else happening in the room. And that's not because I don't care about you. It's not because I don't care about what you're saying. I, for whatever reason, I'm just easily distracted. And so I'm like, squirrel, okay. And you're like, come back, come back faster, come back. You know, my, my wife is always like, are you listening? Hello, are you listening? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm listening, I'm listening. What did I just say? Um, can you repeat that, please? It's kind of the way it works. 
I want to be that fruitful person. And so the big question in this entire message today is to answer this one question. Who am I in the story? Who am I in the story? How, we are today going to evaluate our hearts and open them up and say, who am I? Where do I fit in this story? And so Matthew chapter 13, verse 1 starts like this. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into the, a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. So he's on a boat. He's sitting on, in the boat, which is the typical uh, posture for a teacher. And he, so he sits down in this boat and he's talking to people on the shore. And what um, people have studied this and, and they call this the cove of parables, where it's kind of like an amphitheater. And they've even went out and tested it to see if uh, there's this r real opportunity for Jesus to teach in this one spot. And if you speak in this cove of parables, you can hear your voice just echo through that whole place. So there, apparently there's a whole bunch of people. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, and he said this parable. He said, a farmer went out to sow his seed. He was scattering the seed. Some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they were withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it, was, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, and thirty times what was sown. And then it says this, whoever has ears, let them hear. Okay, so um, do this for me. Just go like this. Grab your ears and confirm that you have them. Okay? Simple illustration, confirm that you have them, and if you have them, then you need to listen up, all right? It goes on to say this in verse 10. The disciples came to him and asked, why do you speak to people in parables? Now this is really, really important. The disciples, his, his crew, his, his uh, people that he was constantly hanging out with, he said, why do you speak to people in parables? He replied, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom has been given to you, but not to them. So Jesus is making it clear that the disciples have this special relationship with Jesus. And that they're extra close to him, so they get, to, they get the inside scoop, if you will. They get the inside story, but the other people don't have the inside story. So he's telling them stories to help them understand and then he says this, whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. In other words, those who understand will enjoy the blessing of understanding. But those who don't understand, they, they, won't, they won't even have life and life will even be taken from them. And so it goes on to say this, this, this is why I speak to them in parables. Those seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. An Old Testament prophet prophesied a long, long time ago. He said, you will, you will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, 
and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn. And listen to this. This is the cool promise right here. And I would heal them. You want healing in your life? You want healing to happen in your circumstance? You want healing to happen in in your troubled life, whatever it may be, or the difficulties of what's going on in your life? You want healing there? Then we need to open our eyes, open our ears, have open hearts to what God wants to bring into our lives. And when we do open those things, then healing is available to us. And in verse 16 it says, But blessed are your eyes because they see. He's talking to his disciples. And your ears because they hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see but did not see it. And this was like he's talking about people long ago that had talked about the Messiah coming. But now the disciples get the privilege of seeing it and hearing it. They get to see what others didn't get to see. And to hear what you hear but did not hear it. They have the blessing of being able to hear God's words. And not only hear, but see Jesus, the Messiah, who's actually come to the world to save the world. And so we find this explanation of parables. And we find a few things that I just want to emphasize again. That a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly picture. In other words, it gives us this heavenly perspective. What does God see in life that we need to see? How does heaven work so that we can work alongside God and and follow his path? That's the key to understanding parables. Parables are the way Jesus views life. And he views it through a heavenly, eternal perspective, not the way we kind of tend to look at life and go, oh, it's all about me, it's all about um, these short-term issues, it's all about, you know, making sure that I, I, I uh, uh, take care of myself and not others. All these things, uh, parables are there to explain the way life should be viewed and, and lived uh, according to Jesus. And so uh, another way to think about a parable is that He's, what he's trying to do is, let me plant this thought into your mind. He's giving us a thought, and he's allow, we, we let it come in, and then it permeates our mind so that we can live like Jesus wants us to live. Okay? Now, <clears throat> the problem with the parable is, is that most, many of us have an, a perspective of how life should be already. Some of us already have life figured out, in other words. We think we do anyway. And that's the hard path. That's the, the distracted path. That can be that, that short-lived um, uh, sprout that happens in our lives. All those things play a part in the way we already perceive life. So what do we have to do when we come to a parable? We have to open up. And allow our hearts and our minds to be vulnerable to God instead of having, God, I need you to fix, fit in this box. If you don't fit in this box, then we can't work it out. And so parables are there to open up the box. Parables are there to help us see and understand rather than try and get God to go our way instead of um, we going God's way. Does that make sense? Everybody with me? In other words, if the heart is closed, the kingdom cannot exist. It can't, you, you won't get God's perspective. If your heart is open, the kingdom, God's way of life and perspective, come, becomes reality. So do you have open hearts today? Do you have an open mind? 
you have an open spirit, that's what it takes to make sure that we hear and receive truth into our lives. Jesus wants to, us to attend to our hearts. He wants us to take a moment, and today you're going to be challenged to do this. You're going to take a moment and look inside and go, when I receive truth into my life, what happens to it? Does it get snatched up real fast by all the falsehoods of life? And we'll, we'll deal with that, and there, there's more to that whole question. But we are going to look at the inside and say, God, what are you doing? And most importantly, I want to, I want, I want to challenge you to receive healing. It's clear that what Jesus is telling us is that if we will let parables, if we will let truth in, that healing can happen. We're all broken. I'm a messed up dude. I'm only here. I'm standing on this platform, not because of anything I've done, but because of everything Jesus has done. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a, 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 a a, a product of a messed up dad and a messed up life and a messed up me. And as a result, uh, I'm, I'm part of what needs healing. And if truth didn't have an impact in my life, I would continue to on this messed up path. But, so we have to let truth get in and make that difference and heal. I'm a healed guy. I'm a delivered guy. I'm a set free guy. I'm a guy that has Jesus living inside. Amen. And I would be really selfish if I didn't want to share that with you. So let's go back for a moment and just read that parable as it starts up. A farmer went out to sow his seed. He was scattering the seed. Some fell along the path. First, the farmer is Jesus. The farmer is Jesus. Not you and me. It's Jesus, okay? The farmer is, is, is Jesus. Went out scattering seed. Some fell along the path and birds came and ate it up. So that, that path, again, this should be, I think it should be titled not the parable of the sower, but the parable of the soils. Because that's really the focus of this story is what are the soils and who are we in this story? And, and so the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, and thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. And if you need to go back to your ears to do another check, here we go. Because later on, after he explains why he shares the parables... Remember why he shares the parables? So we have God's perspective. So we understand the secrets or mysteries of the kingdom and the way God looks at life. And then in verse 18, he interprets the parables. He says, listen then. Back to the ears again. You guys listening? All right. All right. There's no time to sleep. All right. No time to get your nap in. Verse 18, listen then to what the parable of the sower means, Jesus says. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom, the truth, and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. So let's do this little evaluation. When you get truth in your life, is your immediate response to reject it? 
Or is your immediate response to have something, some other truth, actually some other lie, come in and take the place of that and take that truth away? This is unique in that it says the evil one, so the devil himself comes. His, his goal is to lie. He's called the father of lies in Scripture. And so his goal is to take whatever truth lands on us and snatch it away by, and replace it with a lie. And most of us are easily deceived. Most of us are easily caught up in the, in the oh, yeah, that's not true. That's, the, that's you know, this, this other thing is true over here. This other thing is, is, is uh, you know, what, what the government is saying or what scientists, scientists are saying and, or, or whatever else is there. The enemy wants to come. And I'm not saying that everything the government says or everything scientists say is from the devil. I'm not saying that at all. I want to make that clear, Okay. But there are things that we have to understand that the enemy wants to take truth away. Because what is, what is truth good for? Healing, wholeness, health, salvation. And when you believe a lie, the devil's goal is to destroy and steal and kill. And so we have to understand that where are we today? When you receive truth, what immediately happens to that truth in your life? Do you immediately talk, uh, uh, explain it away? Oh, that's not true. It's likely that what's happening is your hard path. Your heart is, your heart is hard. And, and the result is that you are allowing the enemy to take that away. The birds come and snatch the seed. Frustrated me so much. I was, uh, we were planting some grass in the backyard of our house, and, and I scattered the seed out, and I did everything to, you know, work the soil and all that kind of stuff. And the next day I see all these little birds on this, on this grass, you know, that I'm trying to plant. And I'm like, go away, go away. You know, but what are they doing? They are stealing the seed. What's going to grow there? Nothing. Weeds. Nothing. Pull out the gun. No, I didn't do that. <clears throat> Verse 20, the seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. So this is the person, and, and I have a title for this person. This is the faith experience hopper. This is the faith experience hopper, or they like hyper faith and as soon as hyper goes away they no longer enjoy faith this is the person who's always looking for that next experience in in god they're always looking for that 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 emotional rush they're always looking for that but it never lasts it always goes away as soon as trouble happens in life or as soon as some, oh i you know i my church, I don't like that church anymore because I don't get the goosebumps and the feelings and all the happy hyper moments. They're, ask, they're actually asking me to serve now. You know, they're asking me to, to grow in my faith and to study something. Not emotionally driven, but just get in the word and, and, and dive into it. And I don't want to do that. I just want the goosebumps. They even call them holy ghost bumps. If you're using that term, you're oversaved, okay? You're hyper-saved. You don't get Holy Ghost bumps. <clears throat> you get goosebumps. 
But this is the faith experience hopper. They're the person who receives the word, but they're, they're very shallow. And there's very little to live on. And all they live on is that next experience, that next experience, that next experience. And they're always looking for something new and different. And always looking for that hyper moment instead of that depth that comes as we grow in our walk with God. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to that someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But then as soon, it, because it has no root, it lasts only for a short time. Verse 22 says the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of, his, of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. You ever see the, isn't it annoying that weeds seem to grow better than the normal like plant? I, you know, I, I, it just frustrates me that weeds can grow faster and without water, and grass will never do that. It's annoying. The weeds grow up, and they choke out the rest of it, and if you don't kill the weeds somehow, and I love weed and feed. It's just amazing stuff. I love that because you can put it on the grass, and it grows the grass, but it kills the weeds. Isn't that a cool thing? You like that? I if you don't like chemicals, then you probably don't like that at all. But um, I love throwing chemicals on grass. It's amazing. Might kill us sooner than we want, but it's great. All right. <clears throat> Just kidding. I know I'm going to get an email or something like that. If we were to do an evaluation, what is, what is it that is distracting us? Like I said, I'm the squirrel guy. What is it that makes us more worried about life than... Uh, more excited about our faith? What takes away the joy? What steals the hope and the faith that God is at work in our lives, that he's doing amazing things, that we have an opportunity to spend time with him every single day? There's so much. And I get it. There's so much to, to, that, that we have in this life that we try to manage and take care of. But all we are is stewards of this. We're not the owners of it, Right? And so we have the opportunity to lay it all at God's feet and say, God, take care of this. Take care of this stuff that we have in our lives. Instead of letting the seed uh, get choked out, we can let the seed grow up and not let these things in the world distract us. The worries of life. What or who are the, word, are the weeds in your life? What's choking you out? What's keeping you from growing? Then the last part of this is, Verse 23, but the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. I love this. I used to work on a wheat farm and it was so fun to watch the wheat grow up. And it would get really annoying if there was a patch of weeds that took over and, and, and you know, killed a portion of the crop. But it was really fun to watch the wheat grow up. And then all of a sudden you see these heads and you go out there and you, you take a, a head of wheat and you roll it in your hand. And there's all these kernels of wheat. And there's just out of one plant you can see 30, 40, maybe as, as many as 100 kernels of wheat out of this one plant and you're going how did that happen out of that one seed it was rooted well and it grew up strong 
And it never lost its source of nutrients. And those nutrients, when it came time, got to the head of that, that plant and, and created those kernels. And that's exactly what God expects. That's what should happen in our lives. And what does fruitfulness mean? It means that we continue to grow in our relationship with Jesus. It means that we continue to have an impact on this world. A mature church, a growing church, a church that is willing to open itself up to the truth of God's word will grow. Why? Because that's what happens when you let the truth take root in our lives. We're healed. We're whole. And people love hanging around healed and whole people. If you like hanging around sick people, it's not good. It's not good. I mean, if you're a doctor or you're a nurse, we get it. You're there to make people whole. Okay, that doesn't mean you're sick, you're weird, or any, any strange thing. But it does mean that if you like just hanging around sick people because they're sick, you're sick. And the result of our lives should be fruitfulness. The result of our lives should be that, that point in, in life where we see lives changing and hearts moving towards God and people being affected by what we bring to their lives. Why? Because we are allowing truth to affect our lives and out of our lives comes that fruit. Yeah? Come on. This isn't about the sower. This isn't about the seed because the sower is Jesus and the seed is the word of God. Nothing's wrong with those two things. What's the soil? The beauty of the ending of this passage is the fruitfulness of just one seed. What can happen if just one person is fruitful? A hundred, sixty, thirty times what was planted can be the result. All levels of fruitfulness is recognized by Jesus in this explanation of a healthy, whole human being. I want to be healthy. I want to be whole. I want to be fruitful. I want 30, 60, 100 times of what is just in me coming out and affecting that many people. Can you imagine what would happen if we had a, 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 a healthy soil revival? What is a healthy, yeah. What does a healthy soil revival mean? That means 30, at least 30 times what's here right now. My wife and I were downtown in Ventura. We were seeing all the people. We said, there's not enough churches in town to hold all these people. If they all got saved, if they all went to church, there's not enough people in Ventura County, I mean, not enough churches in Ventura County to hold all the people. That would happen if a soil revival took place. I believe that today it starts right here. It starts with this evaluation, right? It starts with this understanding of who I am in this story. It starts with, am I the hardened soil? Am I the shallow soil? Am I the distracted soil? And hopefully the answer in this room would be no. I'm the good soil. I'm the healthy soil. I'm the whole soil. He wants a healthy individual. He wants a healthy church. And the only way we're going to do that is to allow health and wholeness to enter into our lives. So let truth go deep, take root. And in that depth, we find the nutrients to grow 
and we let the word of God bring fruit out of our lives. That's what God is calling us to today. Jesus is calling the crowd to evaluate. This group of people on this big hillside that he was talking to and he was, he was sitting in the boat. He was asking them to evaluate their hearts and open their eyes to the truth. Let's not be the group of people that uh, allow the truth to be snatched from our lives. Let's not be that group of people that run from experience to experience. I've been in ministry for 35 years and I've seen too many people run and go to this little movement over here and this little movement over here. And once that movement becomes uh, more than emotion, then they move on because that's the shallowness of their lives. I'm not saying emotion isn't part of our worship. It should be. But it shouldn't be what drives you. It shouldn't be what captures you. It should be the depth of your heart and the fruitfulness of your life. So, where are you at today? Where are you at today? Let's pray. God, I believe that today you're taking Journey Church Ventura and you're asking us to look inside. Lord, that we would be a people that are, are, are good soil, that, we're, that our roots can run deep, that we're not snatched away by the, the enemy, the devil, or, or any other truth in the, or any other lie in this world. We're not shallow people. We're not distracted people. We're people of good soil. And Lord, I pray that if there is anybody in this room that identifies with those first three soils, Lord, that you would just uh, plow the ground of their heart. No matter how hard it is, I pray that you would puncture the top of that soil and, Lord, soften their hearts and bring us to a place where we can all experience the fullness of your love, your grace, your forgiveness, and your fruitfulness. I pray, Father, for those that are, are struggling with uh, the shallow version of faith. Lord, we get excited when you hear it, but it never lasts very long. I pray that you would plow the soil of their lives as well, deeper and deeper so that the truth can take roots. And Lord, for us that are distracted, I pray that you help us to keep our eyes on you, to not be choked out by the worries or concerns or efforts or challenges or, or hopes that this world might bring us, but Lord, always keeping our eyes on you so that we can grow to our fullest potential. If you're here today, I just, I, I want to take a moment of just a, maybe a minute of just silence. The music can play, but just keep your thoughts focused on your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to show you where you are today. And no matter where you are, open your heart. Let God soften your heart. Consider where you are today with Him. Maybe you're here today, maybe you're online or on site, and you have yet to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And today, that seed 
has landed in the right spot and you realize that you need a relationship with Jesus that in order to go the next steps in life and to experience life to its fullest you need to say Jesus forgive me of my sin forgive me of the mistakes I've made forgive me for not following you and thinking I knew the right way forgive me of those things and I accept your forgiveness based on the work you did on the cross and that cross is amazing. That cross is where he died and where he gave his life so our sins could be forgiven. And maybe that's you today. And you need to ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. And then the Bible says, and we need to confess with our mouth that he is Lord and that he was raised from the dead, that he rose again. That's our hope. That's eternal life. That's the promise of eternal life. And if that's you today and you're ready to make that confession of sin and that confession that Jesus rose from the dead, then the Bible says you can be saved. Saved simply meaning that you have a, a now a clean life. All the sins, everything you've committed are gone. They're completely gone. And now you're completely whole. And that you have the promise of eternal life. If that's you today, I just want you to say this simple prayer. You don't have to say it out loud. You can say it in your heart. Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. Please forgive me for the mistakes I've made and the things that, ha that, that I believe were my own way of doing things. I realize today I need to give my life to you. So I accept your forgiveness of my sins. And I thank you for making me clean. And Jesus... I believe that you were raised from the dead, that today I have the hope of eternal life with you. And I thank you for that. And I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.